Hello and welcome to Under the Plumba podcast, a show where some very cool people with similar interests talk about our favorite game from EA and Maxis, The Sims. I'm your friendly neighborhood editor, Melissa, here to let you know that the episode you are about to listen to is an excellent one featuring a very special guest. Fortunately, when I was editing, I realized there were a couple of audio issues with our recording. So we're going to jump right in to DJ introducing herself. Susul. DJ, let's talk about you. Talk about DJ. <clears throat> okay, so I'm DJ. Um, I am a software developer. I've recently graduated with a degree in computer science and a minor in game design. Um, I could have done a combined program, but I could not commit fully to game design. And I am a lifelong Sims fan. I cannot remember when I first started playing The Sims. I think I've just been playing it as soon as I started playing with a computer. Oh, nice. I mean, can't think of a better thing to do with a computer than play Sims, honestly. That's a good start. I mean, if you could get paid for playing The Sims, oh boy. Can I get paid for playing The Sims? I would like to get paid for playing The Sims. But I guess coding is, is close enough. Well, apparently coding is a lot more profitable. I wish you could see my hands right now. Like I'm doing some weird like thing with my hands, but it's like type typing typey. It was it was more like movements. searchy movements. Like I was like, trying to like part like curtains. I'm like, that's what coding is, me parting curtains. I don't know. This is <laughs> I, it's early, guys. <laughs> yes, coding and curtains have so much in common. Don't they? You know, there's probably some program out there that automates like opening curtains for like some fancy pants theater. Um, all the curtains in Alaska, a lot of people's curtains are on uh, timers, and they oh, and they shut at a certain time, and they open at a certain time. Oh, that's cool. I'm, I'm sure there's some like Alexa enabled thing that does that too. <sighs> Fuck Alexa. Sorry, Amazon. <laughs> Careful, <show you. laughs> I have one in my house. I have, well, she scares me. I have a Google in my house. I can't say Google, though, in my home because then things aren't, like, talking to me. Can you not change the, like, keyword that wakes it up? I mean, it's not like, it's usually like, hey, G-word. And then uh. things pop up. And my entire house is G-word enabled. So, I can't Well, I it. only have an iPhone, so for me, it's still scary. <laughs> can't relate. Android for life. So then usually I have to go like, hey, Siri, and then it does something. No, shut up. I didn't want to talk to you. See? See? You can't say it. <laughs> it's okay. We're good. Hey, they have a, a a a position open. I saw that SimGuru Grant or somebody uh, posted that they're looking for a Sims position. I think you should apply for it, TJ, so that we can have an insight. Oh, man. I don't know. As we'll probably talk on later, working in the game industry, is it all that great for anyone? <laughs> Let it own if you have um, parts that don't swing mail. So, um, basically, guys, uh, this episode is going to be about DJ's experience in the gamer life um and then ava and i's experience being on the other side of gamer life i.e girls who play games because you know how much shit you get when you play with your vagina so so we have so we have a girl we have a girl who makes games and we have two girls who play games yeah i should specify that i have made games in the past i don't currently make games but i do have experience in game development See, but I mean, 
don't sell yourself short, DJ. You have more experience than both of us do. (laughs) I just have issues in general with stop making freaking games online. No one wants to play that. No one wants to play it. I don't want to play it. I don't want to play. Don't make make me play with people. I don't want to play with people. Don't make it and force me to do it. It's very frustrating. Exactly. I would have a list of choice words regarding uh, the Fallout online game. Like, look, I don't, I don't have a problem with MMOs because MMOs are near and dear to my heart. Like, there's, there's, I still play World of Warcraft. I do the occasional Star Wars. Um, MMOs are great. What I, what I really hate is when they take a game that could, that could, should just be like perfect, like offline experience, and then try to make it an online experience, like Fallout. Why? Just why? That was not good, guys. That was not good. Um, I am trying to figure out if anybody ever played the online version of Dragon Age. Did anybody play that shit? Was that attached to Dragon Age Two? Well, there there was like a there was like an offshoot of it. Oh, yeah, like a multiplayer. Yeah. Or something. Like, did anybody fucking play this shit? There was an online version of Dragon Age. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no no no! You mean you mean that that part of Dragon Age Three of uh, Inquisition? Yeah, you could you could have those heroes and play online. God no! Why would I want to do that? It's an RPG. Who did that? <laughs> why was that? Not- I know, I know. They did that with Mass. They did that with Mass Effect as well. With Mass Effect Three, they had like those war missions, and then it became like they wanted to make it important to the story by making it so that if you wanted to. Uh, past the final battle, you had to have a number of war resources and you could get war resources by playing the multiplayer. And it was just like, but I don't want to play the multiplayer what? because it's a it's an RPG, not a fucking MMO. What kills me is that I was like, please don't tell me this is you guys dipping your toe into of the water. Of course you know that. Next one, like full on anthem style because or destiny style because i swear i swear to effing i won't play destiny for that reason i don't want to play with other people sorry tangent number I mean, one hey at least we like to <laughs> drink your water people i, I drink guess that's not super tangenty then <laughs> i mean it's very true i do not play well with others i just <laughs> There's a reason. There, honestly, I didn't used to be this way, guys, until I got into playing Borderlands 1 back in the Dizay. Yay, Borderlands! And such a fun game, guys. Such a fun game. And I played with my, um, I played by myself, and then I played with an ex while we were dating. And then when we, broke, we broke up, I was like, well, I want to play with somebody else too, because it's, fu- it's easier to play the game with another person playing with you. So I was like, cool, well, you can have people online play with you. Sweet. So I hop myself online and I go to play with other people. And the minute, the freaking minute I open my mouth and I was like, hey guys, um, I wanted to do this mission. I get one of three things. I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, hey, let me see your boobs. Or... Which how I many how are you gonna see my boobs anyway? Like what are you gonna what am I gonna do? Like pixelate them into the game? How are you gonna see my boobs? I don't understand. Or like seriously, just a whole barrage of like really inappropriate, like just stupidity coming out of twelve year old boys' mouths, which makes me really uncomfortable on so many levels. Why are boys exactly? And I'm like, this is I'm like, honey, you're never uh, gonna get laid this way. <laughs> Ever. 
<laughs> also, the well, sole reason you talk to a woman shouldn't just be to get her laid. I mean, really, it really shouldn't. Like, also, we're, we're not talking about any of this thing at all. I am a siren. I All I want to do is take my stupid, my SMG that has shock on it, and I want to kill little, what is it, psycho thingy, burning psychos and skags. It's all I want to do with my life. And I feel like all that you're doing is trying to hit on me or tell me I'm stupid and don't know what I'm doing. So full disclosure, I'm not familiar with Borderlands, but when you said Siren, oh, I thought like all I want to do is sing pretty songs and drag men into the ocean yes. and kill them. Yes. I mean, <laughs> don't we all every now and then? Don't we all? <laughs> all I want to do is sunbathe on a rock and drag men down into the <laughs> deep. That's, that's all. That's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. Deep down below. Um, okay, so, um, we're gonna, Marissa had questions for you, because, oh, guys, if you noticed, part of Team Cowplant is not here. There's no, no Marissa. Marissa, no. Marissa, Marissa. But it's okay, because she brought, she had questions, so we're going to be Marissa with the questions. Yes. Um, okay, so she wanted to know, how did you start, well, you don't remember how you start playing. Because you don't remember that life. You already mentioned that. I, I can try to extrapolate based off what I've asked my dad. <laughs> my dad got me started on computers. Oh, that's so, so sweet. Yeah, it's actually a really funny story. Um, My dad got this brand new Dell desktop. And I was about three or something. And it had like a tower with like a CD drive. And so I saw that he could open it and put round things in it. So I put a quarter in the CD drive. Oh, no. Um, and broke his new computer. And so he was like, you know, I'm gonna get a new computer and I'm gonna teach you actually how to use it. That's 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 good on you, Dad, instead of him immediately going, You you're not allowed to touch this anymore. He's just like, I'm gonna teach you how to not be stupid next time. That's good. That's good. Good on you, Dad. So lesson number one, teach your daughters how to use computers. Dave, you're the best. Shout out to Dave. Yeah, shout shout out to Dave. Yay, Dave. Yeah, he'll be listening to this. I told him I was going to be recording on this. He was like, oh my God, I'll totally listen to your podcast. I'm like, well, it's not my podcast, but okay. (laughs) Um, So the way I ended up starting playing Sims is I believe my dad with the new desktop we got came with the original Sims. I think it also came with Living Large. And so I don't remember if I saw him playing it and I just hopped on or I just saw we had the game and popped it in and started playing. But I just started playing the original Sims that way. Just through accident. In any case, it called to you. Essentially, yeah. Mm -hmm. I had played many a computer game up at that point, but I was like, oh, this is like a dollhouse, but I can control them. Um, Through clicks. I love I with love a rod fumble, just dropping off a box, being like, hey, here's a free computer with The Sims 3 on it. Oh, God, yeah. I remember that. Oh, fun. Uh, see, that's so nice. I just, I really and truly wish I could remember how I started playing The Sims. I don't know where the game came from. I don't know if it is a magical Sims fairy came and dropped it into my computer. I do not know. <laughs> I don't remember how it happened. I just remember that it's it's a thing. And it's been a thing in my life for many, many eons. Many moons. Okay. Um, 
what inspired you to study game design? And or like or coding or I, whatever, what what the thing, the things that you do, not because you don't do game design. No, I did do game design for a little bit. Um, So I played a lot of educational games growing up. Played a lot of Karma San Diego, played a lot of Oregon Trail. Um, oh my God, same. Also this thing called um, Eagle Eye Mysteries. I did not play that. I played that a lot of Reader great. Rabbit. Oh, I think um, I'm older than you, so I think it makes sense why you didn't play that one. That one ran on DOS. <laughs> yeah. I inherited a lot of old games because I started on the computer so young. Um, so my pop culture knowledge of games is a bit weird. But anyway, so from that experience, I was never really into the typical like Zelda or Call of Duty or any of that. But I was really into casual games and games that taught you things. So when I was in high school and I learned to code because I had to take a mandatory coding class and just fell in love with it. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So I went to this um, STEM college boarding school for my last two years of high school. Uh, Shout out to the Gatton Academy. And so it's a... STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics-based school, and they make it mandatory that you have to take a course in biology, a course in computer science, a course in chemistry, and a course in physics. And so most of us had never coded before, and I had only coded in that I made these really simple text-based adventures in HTML on Neopets. Good old Neopets. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I took it and I just fell in love with it and I decided I was going to be an educational game designer. Um, that ended up not happening. I did some work in game development and decided, you know, I think I just really love coding. It doesn't really matter what I'm coding for. But that's how I kind of got into it. Well, that's freaking cool. Also, Neo also shout out to Neopets, guys. Yeah, there's this um I'll, I'll have to link you guys to it because it applies to this topic. But there's an article about Neopets and 2000s girl internet culture, um, which is really interesting because like a lot of software engineers today that are women first had their exposure to um, coding through Neopets and web development. Really? I mean, Neopets was out of... Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of you did Neopets. Well, Neopets was but- out of... Was, um- was like I was too old for it. Does that make sense? Because in the two thousands, yeah, I, I graduated high school in oh four, guys. So I I was too old for Neopets. Like I had like a Tamagotchi, but that was way back in the day. Um, I got my I knew how to do website stuff like that from MySpace. That's how old. Oh yeah. I, 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 I was a MySpace middle school kid. I was a MySpace like high schooler, early like collager. So I did make I made my um my backgrounds and stuff like that. Like yeah, that's you had to code to do that. So that's the extent of my coding yeah. knowledge, and it's all gone now because I haven't done it in forever. So I think that. the closest I ever got to coding was a uh, forum message boards. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, yeah, you could like you had to alter your um your colors and your backgrounds and stuff. You had to do that with uh with like HTML and stuff as well. That was the closest hmm. I ever I, got. But it was interesting. Honestly, I didn't even I didn't even realize that that was 
coding, like when I was doing like my like my MySpace backgrounds or whatever, because that shit's extensive. Like you have to like read the code and put it put your the information in the right spots and like go from and then and yeah. then when you put it on to when you put it on your like in the the place where you put it on your editing your profile and then when you went to your profile to view it, if it was wrong, you had to go back and like figure out where the hell you fucked up. yeah that's that's actually how a lot of coding works is you write your code that says okay it's going to print to the screen hello world and then if you use the wrong command or you miss some syntax somewhere it's like syntax error don't understand this question mark it's like i don't even think there's a question mark okay Um, yeah, so that is coding. And I think that's one thing that is really important and getting more people into coding is realizing it's not just straight C code, hammering at a computer, which no one codes like hammering at a computer. If you were doing that, you are not making any freaking sense. <laughs> because you have to think through it. And all it is, is basically you're making this spell. You're reading a spell book of documentation and you write it out and you put it into this magic computer that computes whatever magical words you said and creates the magic. Oh my God, I'm into it. I'm so into it. uh, Yes. Everyone learn to code. Or everyone try to learn to code because it teaches problem solving and all that good stuff. My niece wants to, um, she really wanted to go to school to do um, like video, like, well, like, was it video game or what's it? I think it was video game design or whatever, but they changed her mind now. She wants to be a photographer. And I was like, girl, good luck with that one. But I mean, she's 14. She'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, I think when I was 14, I wanted to be a theoretical physicist. So I've obviously downgraded from that. I always wanted to be a, uh, what do you call him? Um, oh, I forgot. I forgot the word. I forgot the pathologist. Doctor who looked corner corner. Oh. That's the one. That's the one. Uh, oh, your true crime is showing. I know, right? Yeah, kind of. That's that's why I was always what I wanted to do. But like I said, math and science hate me, so that was never an option. I wanted to be a neonatologist. Oh, so I wanted so hard to work on little sick babies. Um, and let me tell you how mm-hmm. I all the way up until college, and I was like, I double majored in biology and history, and I was like, ooh, I don't like math, and I barely like science. So let me let me not do this. <laughs> so there go. There yeah. were those hopes and dreams. Um, See, the thing is, the thing is, I wanted to like math and I wanted to like science, but you know, he just wasn't that into me, right? I just felt like I'm over here like giving you all, and you're just giving me nothing back, science or math. You're just like, fuck it, yeah. Pretty much, it's like, hey, hey, you want to, you want to go have a drink sometime? No. It's important to note that science and math, as well as like art and language, aren't for everyone. Well, I read a study that said like, um, and I don't know how accurate the study is because it makes people divide into groups, but it's like it basically says that some people, depending on the brain that you function with, the, the side of your brain you function with the most, like you're good at like language arts and reading, and then the nature, or you're good at science and math. Oh, like the left brain, right brain stuff? Yeah, like, so basically, whichever way your brain, and, you, and of course, you can train yourself to do the others, but like, yeah. what you're naturally really good at or inclined to do depends on the side of the brain that you use. So apparently, I'm on that language arts brain, so. Yeah, same. I, I speak through languages, but I just want to be able to do equations. That's um, all I want to do. My eye twitch, so there's that. <laughs> um <laughs> 
the thing is, once I got math, like I got tutored and stuff, and once I got to the point where I understand this, I can do it, it was really fun. Mm. But, you know, I never had that natural inclination to be able to pick that up. I needed people to extensively explain it to me. And once you get to university, that just isn't a thing. It's like you're on your own. I went to study groups and I took like extra classes, but that's about it. Like nobody was going to really extensively make sure that you got this. no one cares about you when you're in college. They're like, no, no, they don't. don't Eat that that taco. Eat that 17th taco. It's, It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we didn't even have what? tacos. I mean, no. Tex-Mex is not really a thing here. Mm, well, we do. We kind of have to make them yourself, and if you're lucky, the supermarket will have taco shells. But like restaurants, For real, not no really. Mexican at all. There, there's a no taco now in the mall next to shopping center next to my office building they opened up a whole new food court and now we've got like otaku and five guys guys and there's a a vietnamese pho place i heard five guys is amazing so i'm gonna be trying to get get the a regular sandwich not not a not a double because it's massive and then um split fries with somebody if you can because they give you a lot of fries See, my recommendation is to get this, like the mini. So yeah, so I meant like because the, I found the regular one. You had to unhinge mm-hmm, your jaw to eat because all the to- all the toppings are free. So oh, like, I am a topping person. Yeah, it's great. Um, I'm really mad about the whole taco thing, though. Um, uh, but I get it. I, I guess I don't know. You're not really close to Mexico in the slightest, so I totally understand. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really an option then in college. But we went there was this little place that I always went to with my friends and they made amazing rice porridge and that was kind of our comfort what food. That was rice porridge. By the way, um guys, this is maybe like two or three, but go ahead and take that drink while you, while we're talking about rice. I think this was a chug 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 chug. Yeah, I think it was a tangent off a tangent. <laughs> it's tangent. But but yeah, rice rice porridge is like a sweet rice puddingy kind of thing. You make you, you get like you know, short grain dessert, dessert rice, and you, you cook it in milk, and it becomes like this really creamy. I feel like I'd have. Sort of, sort of like, like I'd have a texture issue Look, with that. Like, it's I don't delicious. Feel the texture of it in my mouth. Mm. It's real good. It's real good though. Why well, have so I have a good. texture problem? That's why I can't eat cottage cheese. It's or like oysters or anything. It's the texture of them. It grosses me out. Oh no! See oysters, it's both the texture and the flavor. That's just sea flavor <laughs> slime. That, that's just you, disgusting. Like, really Why would you do oysters. that? They're really good, but I can't get past that. It looks somebody loogied into a no. shell. So whatever. Exactly. Like I went with my parents. We they always go to uh, like France, Normandy, Brittany. Mm-hmm that area when they go on holiday and one year we went to an oyster farm in Brittany and it was like the best oysters in the country and they were like oh yeah yeah you should try this try this like they're the best sea flavored snot why why I, I don't I don't understand what the appeal is like grill them cook them sure yeah they're delicious but raw what the fuck is wrong with show. you um anywho back on track taking that train and to putting it right back on the track, guys. All right, so, um, chew, chew, motherfucker, chew, chew. 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 <laughs> uh, like BuzzFeed did an article about the seventeen struggles of girls who play games. All girls play games will understand, and it made me chuckle super hard because I feel like everybody can relate to this shit. Like we were talking earlier before recording about how 
I get really annoyed when they make all games now um, online, which I, side note, I do not understand why. Like, does it make you more money? Is it easier to do? Like, why why are you making everything online? I feel like online, massive open worldness would be harder to do than just not. It's harder to maintain. Maybe that's just me. Is that? So the thing about online games, though, is oftentimes they're subscription-based. And you make more money off subscription. I mean, stuff. but I don't. I don't know if these like. I don't know. Like, is Destiny or Anthem were they subscription based, or you just bought it and then you can play? No, no. There, that was more of a cosmetic system. You know, the whole loot. Oh, box the microtransactions and, the, and stuff. Yeah, the well, it wasn't pay to play or pay to win per se, but you could like buy uh, extras. I think. Just cosmetics, mostly, like armor or outfits or pets, um, like if you wanted to. That was a thing with Guild Wars 2 Oh my god, Guild Wars as well, was one of my I, favorite game. Right, right? Oh shit, I forgot about Guild and Wars. And perfectly pay- playable by yourself, oh my, right? especially with Guild Wars 1. Once you left like the main hub in the cities, you were in a separate instance. It was just you and your party or just you and your, you know, AI heroes that you took with you so. which was super fun but in guild wars 2 they had sort of like a same it was just you bought it once and it was free to play but you, you had the option to buy gems and then you could buy like new costumes or pets or mounts or stuff like that the one thing that i got super salty about though and that's that was around the time that i got that i stopped playing they started releasing these updates to the game uh called the living world story and that was like a season with like new content coming like every couple of weeks, couple of months sometimes and have like um, this new living world. Like this is a new storyline and it's different episodes and you have to log in to unlock the episode and then you can play through it. But if you would like, I don't know, you couldn't play for a while and you'd missed a couple of episodes. You had to buy oh, them yes, through gems from the store to go back and play. So Exactly. So if you wanted to play an episode that you missed, you had to pay for it and it got kind of pricey. So I was like, I'm not okay with this. I bought your game. I mean, I appreciate the free content and I do buy gems. Like I I used to buy gems every month to sort of like support the game that I really liked. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, but if you want to play the rest of this new content, you got to pay for it. I was like, what is the point, guys? I, I don't know. I, I'm still pretty salty about that. I don't play Guild Wars 2 anymore. This is how I actually got into. So I didn't, I did not grow up as a as a gamer. I hate the term girl gamer, by the way. I mean, I, do we, don't, we don't say boy gamer, do we? Like, it's stupid. No, we do not. Don't gender my right? hobby. What is it? Why do you have to? Why do I have to say that I'm a girl gamer? Which is one of the things that I mean. We don't say like you're a girl bibliophile. Right? I'm a girl reader. You know. Oh, I'm a girl music listener. She's a girl TV watcher. No, I'm just a freaking. I, I can't. And that's one of the things that was in the article too. Like, why do you have to have girl gamer in it? Why can't you just be a gamer? Anyway, I didn't grow up as a gamer. Like, we had a Sega that we got for Christmas when I was, like, 10 or something like that. And then I got an N64, like, years later. And then I grew out of games, if you will. Um, my cousin came to live with us, and he started playing uh, Legend of Dragoon, I think it's what it's called. 
something like that. And it was a storylined game. And so I would like watch him play. And then he got Halo because he got an Xbox and um, he wanted me to play with him just basically so that if he died, I was there as his just like respawner. Do you know what I mean? Like so that he didn't restart the, restart the level. Like I'm just yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, just play with me so that we, because I wanted to watch storylines. They would just play with me so that I don't have to keep restarting the, the, the level. And I was like, okay. So we beat the game and I was like, that was fun because it was a storyline. And that kind of got me into games, but then I went off into the military and I was bored one day and went to the BX and I bought Guild Wars. And that like kind of got me right. I was like, what is this game? This looks interesting. And I put it into my computer and I was hooked. I could be a necromancer. I can do, oh my gosh, you give me, I can do all these things. And that kind of got me into gaming, but I always played the Sims like that. I didn't consider Sims gaming. You know what I mean? Because I didn't. A, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't put them together. It wasn't on a console. It wasn't like anything like that. I, I considered gaming like consoles. I didn't think about computer gaming. Fascinating. It's. I. I. I just never did, mm. um, because I never really knew anybody who played games on computers until I met my ex like many moons ago. He was really into WoW, um, but I just didn't put the mm. two together that you can play games on your computer. I, I still don't play games on my computer, like like uh, console games. I don't play on my computer, like Dragon Age and like Mass Effect and stuff like that. I play them on a console. Anywho, that. But you can't mod them on a console. I don't mod. I don't mod my those kind of games. I don't know how to, and I don't really kind of want to. Like I just like to. Oh, you should! It makes Dragon Age Inquisition so so much more playable. You 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 get hair that actually looks good. (laughs) Same with Skyrim. I what I normally do with games is I play it all the way normally and then i mod the mm-hmm, heck out of them mm-hmm. same same and look with skyrim I've, I've probably mentioned this before but if your rig isn't smoking you're not doing it right I just i don't all I, of the I mods play, like, all of the computer them. but the big thing that um made me really annoyed when i finally stepped my toe into you know the gaming world like we said earlier was the fact that the minute that i started to play something like i play all games at a I can be a girl in because I don't like to play as a dude. It's weird and I know it, whatever. And B. Nope, same. That's why I can't play Witcher 3. I'm sorry. And it's, I just, I need to be a female. And B, I don't really like having to play with other people because the first time I did that was when I played Borderlands, like I said earlier. And the first time, the minute that I got on my mic and I was like, hey guys, I want to do this mission, I got so much flack for the fact that I was a girl. Because, you know, guys play girl characters, so no one would know. And my gamer tag is kind of ambiguous. So no one really knows that I, it doesn't say, you know, I have a vagina nine to five, you know? So it doesn't, it's not like you don't know that I'm a girl until I open my mouth. And the minute I open my mouth, like, no one took me seriously. No one, thought, no one thought I knew what I was doing, even though I'd already played the level before. So I knew exactly where it was and exactly what to do. And I'll, all it was was people hitting on me or degrading me. And I was like, well, this is super fun, super great. None of y'all do that to each other. Like, if you want to talk shit, that's fine. We could shit talk, but this is not Call of Duty, so why are we doing this? And I think that's one of the things that I hate most about game game culture is that I have to keep constantly keep proving myself and constantly keep being, like, keep people um, to prove that I know what I'm talking about or I belong. And I'm like, I belong because I bought the fucking game. Leave me alone. 
please and thank you. End TED Talk. <laughs> no, that was good. That's just, that's my big that's my big pet peeve. Yeah, I never I never understood the whole fascination of when when your game is like, OMG, you're a girl. Yes, yeah, so so what? What does that what does that mean? Mm-mm. That doesn't make me special. That doesn't that doesn't make me not good at what I do. That like I literally don't understand what what the what the point of your comment is. It's just a trick of genetics, man. And I mean, that's just playing games. I can't imagine what it's like actually working on them. Like, is, is it the same or is it? Yeah. Do you get like the same kind of flack? Tell us all the things. Go. So um, in, so at least from a game design perspective, um, so I did an internship working for a game startup that was making games that weren't for like enjoyment. They were for actually improving your motor skills and reflexes. So not your typical AAA studio environment. But I was the only girl in the company. Um, And I was also the youngest person there because I was a college student at the time. And so I hadn't gone any direct flack for the stuff I was doing. But there was this pressure to make sure that like I deserve to be here both as an employee and as like a person who likes games. Um, I think it didn't really get to the point of like harassment or anything like that, but definitely did feel like I could not break into they only community. let you put your toe in, not your whole like body in there. Like you can you can come, you can you could sit adjacent to us. Yeah, and I think there is something to say about my own, like, social anxieties and how I might have had a lot of it in my head. But an important part to remember about being a minority in any situation, gaming or otherwise, is sometimes it is all in your head, but a lot of the time it isn't. And you have to let yourself So does, like, coding games – I did a musician for a little bit, and he can't enjoy music, I swear to God, because he can only hear the – he, he he analyzes it too much when he listens to music. So does that make you? Do you do that when you like play games or anything like that? Do you analyze it like, oh, this could be better? Oh, I see this thing. Or like, do, does that make you feel? Oh yeah, I will play games, and in my head, I will already be dismantling. Like, okay, I bet they use like this type of code structure. They're probably using this type of threading. Um, the reason this bug probably happened <laughs> is because of this file was probably. Um, like when I saw all the bugs that were happening in the most recent Sims patches, I was like, oh, I, I know why that's happening. And I don't mod the Sims right now. I'm, I would like to, but I don't currently. But I know enough about like object-oriented programming and game development to be like, okay, I understand why that issue happened. That's why I'm a lot more sympathetic when I think bugs people happen. need to get into this a little more or just like know a little more about it to be to know how much work goes into this because I feel like people don't give them enough credit. Like, yes, yes, this shit went wrong, but holy fuck, dude, do you know how much work this took? I, they don't, like, honestly. I don't know. Like, what do you, how do you feel about all the backlash that like the developers get for X, Y, and Z, like the whole controversy over that, over the load screen, which I get it. I do. But also like y'all could not be happy. People can't be happy with one thing because they have to get mad about something else. And like, how does that make you feel? That's somebody who maybe doesn't, doesn't code 
for our doesn't know to do video games per se, but like if you wanted to get back into it, like would you feel like maybe I don't want to? Because I don't feel like getting all this shit. So are you talking about the loading screen, like the color and how it's causing features and mm-hmm. stuff? So on that hand, one that is not like the whole Sims developer community's fault. Um, if anything, right. it was like I don't know if there was something in ADA documentation or like the American Disabilities Act documentation it's like hey don't have this bright of colors with this strobing thing because it's not like they're going to have a bunch of people that may have seizures look at it because that'd be unethical so i think it's not even just from i don't design games i develop products like programs like if i was developing microsoft Mm -hmm. word and there was a glitch in it it would be a similar thing so I think that the issue could have been resolved if there was proper documentation like, hey, maybe don't have as bright of colors on loading screens because there has to have been a study on that somewhere. But right. I really doubt that they weren't like, oh, we're just going to throw this up here because we like the color deep blue. <laughs> I just, I basically wonder like, it, it to me is one of those things where everybody gets super mad about something when no one maybe knew. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't get mad about, you can't get mad about somebody for their own lack of knowledge. Yeah. There's because yeah. the minute they, the minute they found out they were like, Oh shit. Okay. Cool. 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 We're going to fix it on our next patch. That, that was the minute yeah, they found out. It was out. an honest like, mistake. It's not like they're like, Oh man, you know mm-hmm. what I want to do? Exclude a bunch of people from playing our game because of our loading screen color. Like, that's not what they're trying to do. Right. That would just be not even unethical. It would be, like, bad for business. <laughs> but, like, you know how, what, I mean, how do you feel, like, do you always, do you feel like you just sympathize with, like, I mean, we've talked so much in ad nauseum, especially during Social Bunny episodes, about how much flack the developers get for The Sims in general. I mean, I just... Oh, you know, I sympathize a lot. Because I mean, just because I'm so entrenched in the community, because I have to be. Like, I I hear it all, and I'm like, no one can be happy. Like, I would never want to do this job because I just feel like I would just get shit on left and right, and one little trickle of, hey, you're doing a good job, like a high five coming out of the shit, like a little bitty high five, like coming out, like okay, tap, go back down. Yeah, I guess that's kind of how I feel like it sometimes. Well, that's how it's like making any kind of media. Like, video games are a medium. And Mm -hmm. so if you were publishing something out there, especially something that's so beloved and popular like The Sims 4, you just kind of have to prepare for the social media barrage that will come out with anything you do. Every expansion pack you announce is not a university, you're going to get flack. (laughs) (laughs) You're so true. I would like to say I am not on the university bandwagon. But I know it exists. I'm not on it either. I mean, I remember playing it in Sims 3, and I remember being, like, over it in about four seconds after I played it. And I would just, I, I legitimately remember playing it and then, like, keeping my Sims in there and going back to my regular game. Like, as long as I liked university, because you can send your children to, like, boarding school and they can go the fuck away. Like, that was the only... I thought that was Generations. I think that, yeah, I think that, I don't, yeah, that, yeah, that was, that was it. That's all that I knew about schools, is that send the kids the fuck away. <laughs> that was generations yeah i always enjoyed university but i i mean it's not like i can't play the game without it you know i just have this fear that people are gonna get it 
and they remember that they didn't really want it in the first place. They just, it's one of those, like, it's, it's the Beyonce effect. Everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God, I want, I want it. I want, oh no, I want it. And it's like a snowball and then you get it. And then you're like, oh, oh yeah. Now I want this. Just, you're never going to be satisfied. You're eating a whole bag of Lay's potato chips looking for more potato chips. Nice analogy. I like it. I can make it. Anyway. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things and I'm, I, I can't, I can't with it, but I just don't. And I get it. Like with any, with anything you put out, people, people are going to be mad about it. And I mean, I know that I share my salt with, um, Bioware about anything they do. So I still love you, Bioware. I want you to understand that. Like, I don't, I'm just disappointed. I'm just a little disappointed. I don't dislike you and I'm still going to buy your shit and I'm not going to hate on you too hard. Just don't fuck up my game. Yeah. I think that's another thing about video games and other media is that when something goes wrong with someone's favorite medium, it feels like they're insulting their thing. It's not something that's made by another company. It's their Yeah. Thing. And I, I and I know that people so. people, people get really um, passionate about. That's so why I, I understand. I understand you get really passionate about something, especially something that means so much to you, or something that like. Mm-hmm. But you, as like a, you know, as a player, as well as a a person in or around or affiliated somewhat with an industry, like, do you get nearly as do you get as much salt as everybody else does? Or do you just, do you have like a grain of salt and like a big bowl of understanding? I have a big bowl of understanding. I definitely do get um, angry sometimes when things like in the Sims or other games will come out where it's like, this should have been developed better. This should have maybe been a free update instead of a special expansion pack. But I also understand one, the Sim gurus aren't making mm-hmm. all these decisions. It's some CEO or manager that's like, hey, you know what makes money? This thing, according to our market research, by people who don't play video games. Just like we mentioned before. So I do get salty, but I have to reason my way through my salt, <laughs> if that makes any sense. It does. It I does. mean, a lot of people, once something happens in the game that they don't like, immediately go around blaming the devs. But that's not the people responsible, like... It's because they're easy Pretty targets. Much. Yeah. And I like, especially like if we didn't have social media, they wouldn't do that. Exactly. That's what, that's what, I mean, I can sort of see why a lot of devs don't want to be on, like wouldn't want to be on social media because just imagine, but I, I see it sometimes on Twitter as well. Like you have um, the people behind Dragon Age on Twitter. And even though they're not working with like Bioware anymore, working on Dragon Age, as soon as like something new about Dragon Age 4 comes out that they really don't like, there's people just piling on them and they just have to keep repeating like we don't work with Bioware anymore or we don't we don't work on Dragon Age anymore. I can't help you with this problem that you're having. So, but for some reason that connection is still there, that association is still there. Mm-hmm. It's like you are Bioware, you are you're- Dragon Age. I am going to unleash all of my fury on you because something that I don't like might be in the game, maybe possibly. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So another another thing from the BuzzFeed article that made me chuckle and also um, applies to all of this genre here. Do you feel like you have to constantly, constantly like back up everything that you do? 
Like when I like I wore a Beatles shirt once and this guy was like, Well, do you even know who all the Beatles names and what about this album? What about that album? And I was like, Whoa, oh, they're official pants. Fuck all like, of that. Seriously. That is the that is that is one of my <laughs> biggest pet peeves. Like, how what how dare you? You you're asking me for my credentials to like something that I like? Fuck you. I don't have to be able to name every single Simpsons character to enjoy the Simpsons. I can like something without knowing every single thing about it. I can enjoy Star Wars without, you know, being knowledgeable of the extended universe. But for some reason, whenever you like just encounter someone and they want to see your quote unquote game creds, ah, that just makes me so angry. So angry. Sorry, Vanity. Continue. That's that's my sharks, basically. That's my shark. (laughs) No, I get it. Because like honestly, like like um melissa just said like females or women identifying peeps are held to such an unfair standard when it comes to having to show our cred the point is that we don't do that to you like we if you as a as a male or male identifying person come into a fandom that we like so suppose you like something i don't know what what's something that's inherently considered quote unquote girly the Sims? Yeah, the Sims. So we don't, we don't, you know, if a guy tells us, oh, I like The Sims. Oh, yeah? What was the first expansion pack for The Sims 1? When was it released? Who made it? What's the language called that The Sims speak? What are the, What is their currency called? You don't know. Who's Bella Goth? Tell me who Bella Goth is, Jimmy. Tell me who she is. We don't do that. <laughs> it definitely sounds like we could, oh, we though. Should. We totally should. Maybe we, maybe we should, but we won't. You know why? Because it's a shitty thing to do. Because fandoms of any kind, be it film, be it game, be it music, be it comics, whatever, can be enjoyed by anyone. And even if it's just a little bit or a lot, if you're a diehard fan or just casually enjoying watching the occasional, I don't know, episode of whatever, it doesn't matter. You like it. You're a fan. You shouldn't have to walk around with your quote unquote cred. You shouldn't have to walk into a fandom and be prepared to be asked everything about it. It it just it's stupid. It's asinine. And people need to stop fucking doing it because it pisses me off. The first person who walks up to me and asks me if I'm a real fan of something that I like because I'm wearing a T-shirt or whatever gets fucking decked in the halls that's all i'm saying i will will kick you in the dong if i have to you don't get to it's the end of summer i'm already in christmas mode shut up shut up it's decked in the halls is my favorite thing i've ever i will show you where to shove that bow of holly carl no not carl we love carl i'm sorry carl i didn't mean it not carl not carl Never Carl. Um, so because let's 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 take the rants, let's take the salt down a little bit. You know, we don't want to scare DJ away. Yes, breathe, <laughs> breathe. I would like to point out that the behavior that like you having to present your cred to someone, that person's called is doing gatekeeping. Yep, that is yes. true. So we have a term for they it. They are. They are total. Oh man, that's why it's called gamer gate. <sighs> oh, can you speak about that a little bit? Oh boy. Okay. Um. 
So Gamergate, which is when a few, um, I think some indie female developers, but also maybe a couple female um, game designers got loped in. Um, there was, uh, I'm not going to be able to talk about eloquently, so please edit this out if I'm wrong. <laughs> but, um, basically, there was this game that uh, was made that I think it was called Depression Quest. And this, um, it was basically a text-based adventure where you go through the life of someone who has depression and you make choices about what you do throughout the day. And if you don't take your meds, you seem to have a really bad day. And if you do other stuff that takes too many of your spoons, you have a really bad day. And, um, someone made this really positive, um, review of it. And someone else accused the reviewer of, or like the game developer of only getting the review because she did a sexual favor for the reviewer. What? Um, Sounds familiar. Yeah. Again, someone please fact check that. I do not want to be um, lying about it. I think that's what happened. And so a lot of other indie female game developers like rose up and was like, hey, um, not cool. That's not what happened. And then people went after them, who were predominantly women. Um, and it really just came to light about the toxic culture against women. Because um, it's not like it's one thing to be like, "Oh no, you're lying. I don't believe you." It's another thing to go and find their address to the point where they have to leave their house for their own personal safety because of rape threats. Shut. And all because of the age-old mindset of the only way a woman can get praise is because she sucks some dude's dick. Yeah. Again, please fact check that before it goes into the podcast, but I believe that's what happened. So Gamergate happened right when I came to college, and I had just declared a game design minor. One of my other friends, who was female, had just declared her combined computer science and game design major. And we went to a talk where one of the women who supported the um, Depression Quest developer gave a talk about um, her experience and the games she makes. Um, and after listening to it, my friend turned to me and was like, I don't think I want to go into game development anymore. Oh my god, are you shitting me? That is so sad. No, and so she changed her major to computer science and interactive media. See, that's afterward. the thing. That's the fucking thing. Like, do you know? Okay, I'm going to bring this into this just because it makes me. It, I, it's fresh in my mind because I'm watching it today. But in Handmaid's Tale, they, of course, women are only going to be supposed to be used for their like reproductive purposes or the ability to cook. Women are solely reduced to nothingness. Mm-hmm. So they're ovens either way. <laughs> Yes, they're yeah. ovens. But yeah. okay, and there's a there's a whole. I mean, if you haven't watched the show, by the way, spoilers talk uh, amongst kind of spoilers. But there's a whole thing where a uh, a baby is sick, and none of the doctors know what to do. And then they're like, "We one of the persons like, well, we need to get like the top rated like neonatal doctor, or whatever." And they're like, "Okay, well, go get him." And she was like, "Uh, nope, she's a Martha, which is for people who cook." Um, the top rated neonatologist in like the world was reduced to a cook and they because 
so they, they, they had to take, they found her and the scene was so freaking poignant because she was putting on her lab coat back on again, her stethoscope, and she almost cried because that was her life. And it was taken from her, her passion taken from her because she was, she had a vagina. And I feel like that's kind of how I feel about your friend. Like she had a passion, something that she wanted to do. And it was kind of ripped from her by the fucking just, Stupid boys. I'm not going to call them. I'm not. I'm not going to call them men because that's not a man thing to do. That's some fucking boy shit. Not some little kid pulling your hair on the playground boy shit. And I can't. I fucking can't grow up. And I'm not going to say grow some balls. Just say patriarchy. It's the patriarchy. It's the patriarchy. Growing over spine because apparently you traded yours for excessive testosterone. I can't. I fucking can't. Oh God, I don't want to discourage all your male. I think we have like four, so it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, you're good. Plus, they're all they're 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 all pretty sound. I mean, we've got nerdy dude who's who's an absolute treasure. We've got Tim from Seattleish who's a spreadsheet master. Tim from Seattleish, we love you, and there's nothing about you at all. We think you're great. Same thing, nerdy dude. We think you're great too. All the love, all the love. Anyway, um, no, but seriously, like that's just my like. It just that you saying that about your friends like made me so angry. Yeah. First of all, those poor women who put their heart and soul into something made a game, and then just to get a little bit of recognition for it, you're sh- oh well, you must have shown your, the left tit or whatever or. Mm-hmm. It just it's stupid and it's like are you mad because no one liked your stupid little game is that what it is like then do better be better it also wasn't a like action game it was a game about mental illness <sighs> and even if the game if you even if you don't think the game isn't very good then say the game isn't good don't blame it on the person who made it or the person that reviewed yeah, it i can't i can't people so. it's just, it, rem- it reminds me when the the hardcore like was it call of duty bros went nuts cuz was it battlefield or call of duty i can't remember which one but they brought out their uh new game and the cover like on the cover art there was a woman on on the front of the cover and they just mm-hmm. started going nuts because there's no women in World War One or two. Yeah, well, uh, I've got some words for you, buddy. Nancy Wake, Jacqueline Cochran, uh, w- what's her name? Pavlichenko, the fucking badass sniper, Russian sniper. I mean- she was amazing. Check out of uh, the Unwomanly Face of War, an oral history of women in World War Two. By the way, excellent book. Can read more about these badass ladies. But there's no women in war. Fuck you, buddy. Oh, hello, Kitty. Hey. You're a sweet boy. You know, nothing diffuses the situation like a cat. Uh, my cats are asleep. True. Like, I'll be scrolling down Twitter and, you know, reading about mass shootings and climate change. And all of a sudden, there's a cute cat video and just brightens up my day. I agree. Um, okay, so NASA's running a um, a whole ad campaign about like how they want girls to be talking about space, and they want women in the in you know engineers stuff like that. I mean, have you seen Hidden Figures? Yes, girl, I have. It makes me cry. Like I cried. I love NASA. Like I used to want to work for NASA, and I just cried in the first five minutes of that movie. We need more women 
in the industry. We need more women to be um, have a voice and make it normal. We need to normalize women in quote unquote male dominated areas. How do we change? How how do how do we change the mindset of people? We have to force change, and to force change, you have to be a part of it. You have to be in it. That's with anything that you want. If you want something to change, you have to force it. You want to get in, break down the door, but not but not like literally. That's breaking and entering. Don't don't do that. Like the proverbial, like metaphorical door. Break down that proverbial door. But like seriously, you want to get in, make yourself in, and don't let anybody discourage you. Um, yeah, I've heard before when looking at why aren't women performing as well in the workplace as men is women are taught to be perfect. Men are taught to be like taught to be proud of what they do. They're taught to grow. Damn right. Yes, and women are taught to be stagnant, and that is shitty, and we got to change it because women can make – I mean, women aren't stagnant. We aren't that weird gross water with the green stuff on top. We are flowing rivers. Little brown girls, whatever shade of brown that you are, you are smart. You are capable and needed to go out there and show the fucking world that you can code and you can do all that stuff just like every other person because you... That being said, you don't have to code if you don't want to. No, you don't have to. But if you want to, I'm saying like if you want to, you are just as fucking valid as everybody else. I love all of you little brown girls. Hugs. If someone... Let's just, if someone ever tells you that you can't do something, you ask them why. And if it's not a good answer, like if the answer is because you're a girl, don't take that shit. You ask them for a good answer. Yeah. And because you're a girl is not a good answer. It is never a good answer, except if it's peeing standing up. Although you could probably do that these days now. They have like things for you that. Get, you can get a well, shoe. They have those like straw things. Yeah. So, so there you go. Because you're a girl is not. A good answer. But I know that it's hard to find, or especially in different um, areas, it's hard to find um, people or organizations that are helped, here to help you if you are a minority or you are um, a minority who is not in a well-funded area. It's hard for you to find something. Please, please, please find like hop on to a computer wherever you have access to your computer and just google um organization in your area i promise even if it costs something i bet you can find some kind of funding to get yourself in it get yourself in it talk to your talk to your teachers like hey i want to do a robotics club i want to do this like i promise you you show initiative people are going to find a way to get that shit done get it done we need you because I, I can't do it. Mostly if it's not mm-hmm. there, it's because nobody ever spoke up and said, hey, no we one asked. This. That is usually the thing. That's usually the case. So, you know, we've been quiet for too long. Fucking be loud. Fucking yell that you want that robotics club. Yell that you want that, I don't know, that D&D club. Yell that you want that that math club. Just do something. Say something. It's You don't have to be quiet. You don't have to sit there and look pretty. You just, you do you, you do you. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so full disclosure, I don't know a whole lot about girls who code. However, I think they're really cool. 
Um, so basically what they do is they are kind of what they sound like. They are an organization where they organize events for young girls and young women, uh, generally girls who are in like K through eight grades. Um, and they do these coding clubs where people will get together and they'll learn how to code. They'll learn Python. They'll learn Java and they'll make little games. They'll make little mobile apps. And oftentimes they're not starting out with just a black screen. They are starting out with these brand new programs that allow you to learn the concepts of coding before you even have to deal with keywords and syntax. (laughs) So if you are living in an area that if you were a young girl who wants to learn about coding, you should look up and see if there's a Girls Who Code club in your area. And if there isn't, maybe talk to a math teacher or another teacher at your school who might be interested in starting one. Also remember you have social media. So if you want to campaign for something and no one's listening to you, use the tool that you may know best, social media. Because if you can't find people in your area who are trying to support you, you'll at least find other people somewhere in the world that'll boost you up. Um, But yeah, if you're a male software developer and you're like, what can I do to make this better? Reach out to these organizations that are helping teach girls how to code, teach other minority groups how to code. Make sure that you let the other women in your workplace speak up. If they seem too shy to be able to speak up, give them the way to say what they need. Because it's not just women who have to fight the fight or the minorities who have to fight the fight. We need everyone. If you are a girl who, you know, it makes something cool. Like, I mean, a lot of the freaking mods are made by girls. A lot of yeah, them. Isn't uh, Kawhi Stacy? Um, I'm I'm pretty sure she's, she's her name is Stacy. So I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna assume. And that's that's life of life mod is great. You know what? I don't. I was just based off mm-hmm. her like sim yeah. portrait, or their sim portrait, just to cover my base. Yeah, Kawhi Stacy. If we're wrong, please let us know. Yeah, let us know. I feel like a lot of the mods, you know. Uh, in the, in the words of Beyonce, which I'm sorry, who won? Who run the world? I mean, run it, girl, run that world. Final thoughts. Oh, by the way, and even if you just play like Candy Crush or whatever, don't let people say that you you're not relevant because you don't play Call of Duty. Because I'm sorry, that Call of Duty doesn't fucking take that much effort it's a fucking point and shoot also if a game doesn't take that much effort on you as a player doesn't mean it's not a valid game and important thing to remember not just for girls who are listening but for literally anyone who's ever played a game in their life including the sims which is probably why you're listening sometimes you play games for entertainment sometimes you play games to learn and sometimes you play games to escape or just to pass the time on the train all of those are valid the average gamer in the, like the past couple of years is a 30 to 50 year old something woman. And you know why? Because of the accessibility of mobile games. And if you are uncomfortable with the idea that Mac 3s that are color colorful and candy oriented are encroaching on your community, then I think you need to look deep down and wonder why you think that. Because the first video game was table tennis. It was and it's just going to evolve from here. It was Pong. Good old oh, Pong. Shit. Oh, man, I love Pong. Yeah, it was Pong. Pong. Girl, I just want to give you like a slow clap and like a mic drop. That was, Very that good. was beautiful. Very good. Thank you. Um, that was beautiful. So, yeah. I, I'm 
Give me a virtual hug for that oh, one. Shit. Um, that was great. And so after this recording, I can totally give you guys some links to some good resources if you just want to learn how to code on your own so that our listeners could look into that. Yeah. Um, We're going to – so many links. So many links, guys. Yeah. So look at the show um, notes, guys. Look at the show notes. Um, okay. So um, I think – are we are we good? Do we want to start to wrap and do some our, our end our end things. Anything else anybody wants to say? Because I feel like I got to leave on that because that was like a mic drop moment, and I think that was amazing. That was good. That was really good. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, uh, what just happened, DJ? Do you want to read the what just happened? You know, sure. Yeah. It's look at that guest okay. reading the um, what just happened. Do I need to explain what what just happened is, or is that something you do, or do the listeners know what that is? It's uh, Sims fails. They should know by now. Yeah. Whenever you had a holy shit, which just happened moment in game, we would like to hear about it. So send them to us and then we or our guests will read them out live on the podcast. Well, not live because, you know, we've recorded, but we'll read them out on the podcast (laughs) for you. Like (laughs) DJ is going to do right now. Right now. Right now. So this is from Tasha on Facebook. They write... When I first got The Sims 3, I made me and my then-boyfriend, Sims, and then had a baby. The game crashed right after, and I lost the baby Sims since I hadn't saved. I felt weirdly bummed out about it, even though it wasn't a real thing. I saved a lot more often after that. I also did the accidental vampire switch, which was mentioned in a previous segment. Oh god, I remember that. The, yeah, yeah. to turn was not turn and show <laughs> off your outfit. It was turning into a vampire. That's the one. Oh, uh, um, then I forgot that I turned my sim into a vampire and sent her jogging in the middle of the day. Whoops. I didn't realize my mistake until I got the notification that she was dying. Oh no, <laughs> again. She had two kids, thankfully one a teen, so I made Vlad move in and raise her kids while also completing the writing aspiration so he could bring her back to life. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. That's hilarious, and Vlad is so creepy. Don't have him raise your kids. Imagine having your adoptive dad be Vlad. Ooh, he is so creepy. (laughs) Yeah, I just think watch Umbrella Academy. So I'm just really weary of like adoptive dad. That show is so great. I could I could see him being like the Hargreaves type of person. Like I don't care what you do, just as long as I'm you know it's something that I'm interested in. I don't care about you as a person. I only care about what you bring to the table. Yeah. So I'm going to go now. So um, coming up next, you're going to expect more tangents. No, I'm kidding. Um, our next episode is the long-awaited pack review of Get Together. Uh, Yay! Uh, 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 get one together. I never use. Well, the only, the, only, the only time I ever use Get Together is for the world that came with it. But it has the most exploitable like game feature for challenges. I know, and I never use it. <laughs> but I, um, I rarely play challenges anyway because I'm like I don't need to be challenged I'm fine with cheating I play them only when I have to for the show <laughs> so there's that um, can't oh, relate um, also please check out um, our dear friend and friend of the podcast and former guest Ryan Mills his his podcast Under the Dome uh, has launched and it is on all of your podcast listening places. It's about horror. They read a book um, and they talk about it. I think. Yeah, so do that. It was all the Stephen? Was it all oh, the mm-hmm. Stephen King books? Or yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it was all the Stephen King. I mean, books. that makes sense because it's called Under the Dome. Yeah, and then so, they talk about it. Go listen to Ryan's podcast, guys. Give him the support and the love because we love Ryan. 
Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you want to give us the love, you can do it on so many social medias. Get my mouth ready for this one, guys. Do it. Plum Bob Cast on Instagram and Twitter. Plum Bob Podcast on Reddit. Under the Plum Bob Podcast on Facebook and Tumblr. And if you want to just like hop on our website and like look at all the shit, it's under the Plum Bob dot com. You can also email us your fails, which we would want. Please email us all your fails um, under the Plum Bob Podcast at gmail dot com. I wanted to say something. Um, it's not in it's not in the show notes because I am a horrible person. Um, but I wanted to say something. We got an email and it made me laugh so hard because it was about Murphy beds. <laughs> oh, the dreaded Murphy beds. Somebody in the world actually had a Murphy bed. No, and they survived? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So Erica, I'm going to read your email really quick. So she said, one of my first apartments had a Murphy bed. This was a very rundown building in Seattle's Queen Anne neighborhood in the early 90s before Seattle was cool. The bed was absolutely terrible. It was basically futon quality. It had a metal mesh across the frame, which laid on a thin which laid a thin, hard mattress. This is how I expected them to be, by the way. I never put I never put the bed up because it was hella old and rusted and made a terrible noise. Also, you had to take the pillows off and all your blankets would slide down to the bottom. Best case scenario, you just freed up a three by seven patch on the floor and and you also now stuck staring at the underside of a bed. So yay. There's a reason no one uses them anymore. They're the worst. (laughs) They are the worst. Erica, Erica, (laughs) thank you so much. I'm glad you didn't die in it. That was our biggest fear. Um, That would have been so sad. I'm glad you lived to this day to be able to tell us about your Murphy yes. bed experience. Um, Erica has a Sims blog, by the way, called the spleensfamily.com. It's the S P L I N E S family.com. So go to her blog. That was it. I just wanted to say that because it made me laugh really hard when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, just go to her blog and leave a comment that tells her that you're, that, you know, you're glad that she survived a Murphy bed. I am very glad. She'll know we sent you. She'll know we sent you. <laughs> Just like Murphy beds. There you go. Um, Anything supportive. If she has ads, make sure you turn your ad blocker off so she can get some money off your revenue. Yeah, do that. that. Um, Anything you want to plug, DJ, by the way? Sure. Um, So I have written an article on Medium about my personal experience with growing up with The Sims and how it made me the person I am today. You can find that. Um, under my name, Dusty Linings Playbook at Medium. I'll probably send them a link so they can put in the show notes. Um, Good idea. I am also getting paid to write that. So if you are a Medium Premium member, I'd really appreciate if you read it while you're logged in. Um, But yeah, I hope to write more things about The Sims and other childhood games I played um, because we talk a lot about Halo and Call of Duty and Zelda. But we're going to talk a lot about the other niche games that came out in the early 2000s and how they changed us as people. So I'm hoping to write more about that as well. Oh. Also, guys, we have a Patreon. Patreon. Patron. Patron? See, this is why I can't say my... That's why I can have nice things. Patron. 
we have, a, we have a Patreon. Um, so go. And if you like our show and you want to support us, which you don't have to, we're not begging you for money. It's like you can listen for free, free, free. It's totally chill. But if you want to support us, you can. And then when you join the Patreon, you get part of our Discord chat. So you can talk to us and other um, fans of the show, other Sims people, like all the time. It's super great. And it's a lot of fun. And we um, have challenges in there and all kinds of things. It's super good. Some After Dark episodes that are super fun. Oh, yeah. We have... Um, bonus episodes that are coming one is coming out um this month will be after after dark about wicked whims huh yep we um, have uh we've have we have our blooper episode out now mm-hmm. as well uh so if you want to hear the full famous marissa shark rant <laughs> please, oh man it's amazing that's where you need to go you need to uh subscribe to our patreon and then you can listen to that you can become an official simizen of our simulation nation. You like that? Exactly. It'd be fun. That's catchy. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, right? Um, we also have merch. If you want to have a mug or a tote or whatever, you can do our merch too. All the links is in the show notes. So. Get both. Use one to carry around the other. Oh, good times. Um, thanks, Julia, for um, all of your help in the writing. And I think, and of course, DJ, just because we have and you know thank you in general for coming to our show it was a, oh yeah it was a pleasure thank, thank you for having me um oh we also have a shout out i totally forgot about this one it's from delaney okay so she said i'm currently listening to an episode on simlet and fan fiction oh dot that episode just oh, wanted to say one. how happy this makes me it's like hanging out with my best friends in middle school being total nerds about sailor moon <laughs> sorry and other things, sharing writings and OCs. I only wish that I could actually hang out with all of you. Oh, Delaney, hugs. Yeah. Come talk about Sailor with me all you, all you want. She also sent us another little message saying, Hey guys, I just found your podcast this Monday, and I have listened to almost nothing but this while at work. I feel like I finally found my group. I relate to so many of you. I've been playing since Living Large for One came out. Girl, yes. <laughs> And saw it advertised in my book fair paper. I am now almost 31, have played every PC version, and I'm so incredibly excited to have Mermaids in 4. Thank you so much for this podcast. It makes my heart genuinely happy. Well, Delaney, it makes my heart genuinely happy that you found your little spot with us. We are very happy to have you in our little simulation nation. I really want to point out how yeah. having this podcast really validates the um, niche interest that makes this theme not so neat. It's no longer just a bunch of people who play with digital dolls. It's a whole community. And having a public podcast really validates that. Yeah, it is. Mm. Aw, so sweet. No one's the cockles <laughs> of my heart. I don't know what a cockle is. Okay. <laughs> I don't, it thaws my cold frozen heart just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit of, little bit of, just a little bit. Nice. Um, okay, so again... Thanks to all the fan sites, which we didn't actually use, but I mean, I'm never going to not thank Carl. So thanks, Carl. Carl. Thanks, Carl. And, and Melissa isn't, I mean, listen, Marissa isn't here to thank you, but thank you, Tim from Seattle-ish. Just for being you. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> um, um, Vanity, I'm still waiting on those spreadsheets. Oh yeah. Shit. Sorry. I'll send you those spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> my bad. Uh, and as Per tradition with Ryan, DJ, would you like to say our send-off? I would be happy to. And now, back to the real world. Bye! Okay, bye! Bye! (laughs) Dag, dag.
I thought you were talking about a specific Paul this whole time. Apparently, it's just the like royal Paul. 